It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And we've got a guest to talk we a little bit about We do have a, uh, a guest making his UCSS debut, and when we bring in a new guest, at least for today, is brought to us by our friends at the USFL. $10 tickets. They're playing in Canton. Boogie's home the next four weekends. Go check Boogie out in the Pittsburgh Maulers. He's uh, on a roll right now. $10 tickets at USFL.com. And uh, Hayden Grove is going to join us now of Cleveland.com. And Hayden is a way bigger dude in person than you would ever expect. And it's because he eats six built Bars a day. That's what he does to stay in tip-top shape. You could use promo code LOCKDOWN15 for 15% off at built Bar. What's up, Hayden? How you doing, bro? What's up, guys? How are we doing? Excited to make my debut. Yeah, we're, we're excited to have you. Um, if you've been listening for the last 10 minutes, we've got the Browns firmly in the playoffs. Um, that, that should come as no surprise to you. Um, Tell us what you've seen so far. Um, There was an open OTA session. I know you were there. Tell us who looked good. Tell us who was um, notable by their absence. Just empty your notebook. What do you got? I mean, yeah, it's OTAs, right? So, I mean, it's you got to take all this with a grain of salt. Um, But I I will say that Zadarius Smith made a huge first impression. Uh, Great energy. Huge guy. Like, you talk about built bars. That guy stocks up on him he's eating like four a day i mean fantastic <laughs> size and he's like six five six six he's got great energy um i was actually surprised juan thornhill is bigger than i thought he was going to be um he's a big dude too uh, maybe not as you know physically or uh, muscular but a taller guy uh i thought the notable ab- absence was miles garrett i mean nick chubb you know he's down in georgia he's lifting weights he's running he's doing all his normal stuff he's not a guy that's necessarily there for the rah-rah anyway uh, but i thought miles garrett especially with Zadarius smith coming in and especially with all the uh, additions of the defensive line i thought he was a notable absence joel batonio i didn't think was that big of a deal of an absence and also david joku where what, why not be there uh, maybe there was yeah. again i can't i can't speak to these guys i don't know what their personal situations are but uh, David Njoku absent was kind of a shock to me. So Miles and Njoku were kind of the shocks. Again, I'm not going to speculate on what was going on with them. Could have personal stuff, whatever. Um, but those guys were the guys that I expected to be there that were not. That became an issue uh, yesterday because a lot of folks were saying, big deal. It's not a big deal. It's OTAs. But mm-hmm. then you had notable players throughout the league, most notably TJ Watt, saying that it is a big deal. And TJ is his counterpart with the team that we hate the most. So to hear someone like T.J. Watt come out and say, no, this is very important that you have to be here for, for OTAs. Um, I think, Jason, you took some heat yesterday because you put something out there and said you'd rather he had been there, I believe. I don't want to put words in your mouth. but whatever Oh, yeah, it was, I, there were folks I, that, apparently, I don't ever read Twitter, but apparently I pissed off a lot of people because I said I should have been there. I mean, shocking, I pissed off a lot of people, I know. Yeah. That's how you know you're doing your job. Well, it's not even about, like, miles. It's about if you're going to be a leader on this team. If you want to be a franchise pillar and you're going to be the face of the franchise and you're the leader of the defense, then set the example. Then you show up. Even if it's voluntary, you show up. It's not about miles being ready for the season. That has nothing to do with it. Of course, miles is going to be ready for the season. It has to do with carrying yourself as the captain, as the leader, as the face. And, you know, I said he was the quarterback of the defense in the terms of the face of the defense, in terms of the most important player on the defense, then show up. 
and, yeah. and there's a bunch of OTAs, and maybe he's there next week. You know, maybe he was there last week, and we just don't. You know, there's – and it, it, I don't want to hear the voluntary part. If they're there, they're there for a reason. Like, if you're having it, you're having it for a reason. Yeah. And maybe he'll be there next week. You know, I don't know. But it, it just – that's the day that the media is there. Just show up. Yeah, especially that day. Right. Because like, it's going to become a story. Just show up. And I know the guys will say, you know, look, you guys write what you write, and the media talks what they want to talk. Fans even talk what they want to talk. We don't hear it. It doesn't divide a locker room. They hear everything. But they do hear it. And the thing of it is, like, if you're if you're at a crossroads and you're like, do I do it or not? Do I go or not? There's You have to weigh the benefits. Yeah. And you have to look at the potential distraction that that becomes. Right. Just go. Right. Show that this team is galvanized and you as the leader are in, all in, on this particular group. Now, now people are wondering, wow, is he upset because they brought in other star names on the defensive line? You wouldn't think he would be. Show up no. and tell us that you're no. not. Hayden, man, uh, first off, it's nice to meet you. I think me and you might might have met like once or twice in a beauty lot in passing. I know you yeah, good friends with Double A. Probably. So it's nice yep. to meet you. Uh, one of the nice things you, you as well. for you, no big deal that Joe Batonio wasn't there for you. You said Nick Chubb is probably working out in Georgia somewhere. Why is it? Not a big deal that them two weren't there, but a bigger deal that Miles Garrett was not there. Because I don't think any either one of them pretends to be the face of the franchise. Like like Jason was saying, like uh, um, Jay was saying. I mean, this is this is the face of the franchise. This is the guy that um, wants to be the leader of this football team. Joel is the leader of the offensive line, no doubt. And uh, you got um, Nick Chubb is one of the one of the play- great players in the offense, but he's not necessarily a leader in terms of the face. So. Again, it really is more just the face of the franchise being there. And I think Jason's right. You know, he could be there next week, and, and it's, it's no big deal. Um, and the funny thing is to me that he's been there all summer. He's been, at, he's been at voluntary everything else. He's been – I think he lives in Cleveland. So it's not like he's, you know, not been around. It's just funny that he wasn't there yesterday. So I'm not killing him by any stretch of the imagination. It just isn't the best look. And again, Miles could be there next week, and this is all forgotten about. But yeah, it's you're right. It, it is kind of a double standard. Why isn't Joel there? Why isn't Nick there? I just think for those guys, I mean, they just they're you're kind of prototypical guys that are great, but they're not like face of the franchise type guys. You know, they're just kind of behind the scenes doing their own thing. So you're right. It is kind of a double standard. It is kind of weird. But that was just my thought. Was like, okay, Joel, Nick. I mean, those guys are going to do their job. They're going to do it great. Miles Garrett. There's kind of been some questions about you know, his impact on the field. It's like he's making an impact. He's getting the sacks, but he's not necessarily making the big play. So I don't know. I think Miles is definitely under a little more scrutiny than the rest, and it just kind of lends itself to more when he's not at a thing like the OTAs. And David Njoku, honestly, for me, it's not about him, his face being there. It's just don't you want to work with your quarterback? I mean, you guys were just talking about the drop passes um, that he had last year, the one against the Saints, I believe. So be there. Work with your quarterback more. I mean, I know, again, I'm not crushing them, but – just my opinion that maybe those two were the guys that I would have been like, oh, well, maybe they should have been there. I don't care about Joel, Nick, and David not mm-hmm. being there. I don't care. Joel, I said yesterday, I think Joel is actually following J.C. Treader's lead still as the union president and one of his best friends. Right. Treader basically held a walkout on OTAs when he was here, and I think that's probably why a lot to do with why he was forced into early retirement, and Joel's just standing by his guy. Nick's got a contract yeah. here coming up next year. Not surprised he's not there. You know, no big deal. Njoku, I don't really care either way. The only one for me, and it was really because more of the role, it, it was it was Miles, new yeah. defensive coordinator, new scheme, new everything. Just be a leader. That's all. Yeah. Just be a leader and show up. 
And to, to follow up on that, me and McNuggets was talking about that this morning. I asked McNuggets, I said, the question that I will pose is, well, what does leadership look like to you? Because I think Nick Chubb is a leader, but he's not a vocal guy. And a guy like Miles Garrett, he comes out and he verbally says, you know, I'm one of the leaders of this team. And, you know, I need to get the guys revved up. And I'll just say this before we get back to Hayden. My father used to tell me all the time, the extra mile don't have much traffic on it. And sometimes going that That's extra a great line. I love that. I've never That's heard a it. Great I love line. It. Going that going that extra mile and 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 doing the 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 little things, the details. This is not just picking on Miles Garrett and this is not just pulling lines from different sports movies. This is us in our everyday life. You know, the getting up early, the staying late, the doing things that you're making little money to no money for. Just everything that you can do to go the extra mile to prepare for long-term success. And not only that, attitude is a reflection of leadership. Now, that did come from a sports movie. Remember the Titans. When you got all these new faces and you got all these rookies and Miles Garrett is supposed to be him, he's supposed to be that dude, I can see how the optics might look and how it might piss off some people that he wasn't there. Yeah. Well, again, there there can only be really one face of the franchise, but in football with offense and defense, you would say Deshaun Watson is that guy on offense. Absolutely. And you would unequivocally say that Miles is that guy on defense. And so I need those two guys there. I need those two guys there because you know what? I can't ask a Batonio or I can't ask a Ninjoku to be there if the main leader of one of the units isn't there. Right. And they can always point to, well, he's not there. Yep. And he's supposed to be the guy that paves the way for that extra mile. Right. He's the one putting the pavement down. Right. So others can travel it too. And you always hear this saying, first in, last out. Your franchise quarterbacks are almost always described that way. They're the first here, the last to leave. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. That, it it, it might be, well, some people say, well, work smarter. You don't have to be there 18 hours a day. Work smarter. But other people will say, your presence is necessary all that time. Right. Because that means that there's never a time where someone on the roster is in the building that you're not there. Hmm. If you're first in and last out, yep. no one can say, I was here and you weren't. And I would just, I would think as a leader, he would want to be able to claim that. And to Hayden's point, it's a good one. He'll probably be there for everything else. But when the media was allowed behind the curtain and he wasn't there, he had to know that was going to be written about. If he didn't, I'd say he was probably being a little naive. So. Yeah, and it's it's one thing to be written it's one thing to be written about, but again, it's more the it's less about us. You know, we don't really matter in the grand scheme of things. Like Miles doesn't care. It's more about the guys in the locker room. It's more totally about agree. the guys that are actually there. 
Yeah, they, Miles could care less about we what we say. The people in that building should care less about what we say. It's more completely about the guys in those locker room, like you said. So it's more about the teammates and less about us. I mean, Miles could probably care less what is written. It's just like, oh well, we you know even if we didn't write about it, the teammate, the guys in the locker room, would be like, oh well, Miles wasn't here. Well, they care, right, right. But I hope he gets pissed a little less. TJ Believe me, they I, care. I, I want to, but I wanted yeah. to hear what TJ said. I'm sure that I'm sure that will get back. What's to that? Him. Well, just, oh, what TJ you know, said. What TJ said about it's no. Yeah. I think you need to be there for. We, well, I think we'll important. get into that in a little bit, right? I don't want to. I, fire I have here. the quote. We could get into it right now. It's Hayden. Do you guys want to see the quote? Sure. For anyone who hasn't seen it, Steve, pull it up. I'll read it for you guys. It is number 174 here. It's a bit long, so bear with me. But 174, we'll pull it up full. I'll read you the full quote. This is from TJ Watt, who did attend day two of OTAs yesterday for the Steelers, and he said, "Quote." This time of year is always super important. This is why we are all here. We are just trying to get better each and every day, trying to go, trying to learn from each other, trying to learn how we practice, how we do things here in Pittsburgh, also being open-minded to the guys who are veterans and have done things successfully in other places. I don't disagree with any of that. No, I don't disagree with any of that. I think the question came up yesterday, was he taking a shot at Miles? I don't think that at all. I don't think T.J. Watt gives a damn what's going on. In I'm not sure T.J. even knew that no, Miles agree, wasn't yeah. there. No, that's exactly that it. Well. Like, that's how the hell is exactly he going to know? He's got. He's in his own no. bubble. He's in his own world. Cleveland pays much more attention to Pittsburgh than that, Pittsburgh pays to Cleveland. <laughs> that is very well like, said. Yeah, they don't care. They're not going to look to us no. to see how we're doing things. As and the it's standard working. bearer of anything. We should be looking at Pittsburgh because they're the model of success. Absolutely. You know, yeah. even when you know Bulls been trying to bury him for two years, saying. This is when their run of 500 season ends. And even when they have a situation where they're going back and forth between a veteran quarterback and a rookie, they still somehow find a way to finish with a, a winning record. Yeah. Hey, uh, Hayden, tell me about Cedric Tillman, man. I've seen, I seen some videos of him out there. It looks like uh, he might have a bigger role on, it, on this team than we expected at the time that he was drafted. How did he look? And just talk about what the people and, and what the players think about him. Well, he's a big guy, and I think the Browns need big receivers. Elijah Moore is not big whatsoever. Donovan Peoples-Jones kind of teeters on the uh, edge of being big, but I think Cedric Tillman in two years, you're going to see a really, really big, athletic, explosive receiver. I still think he's probably receiver number four, um, behind Moore, behind Cooper, behind DPJ, but this is a great opportunity for him with Amari on the side to kind of get more reps, get uh, more acclimated with Deshaun Watson. So I really like what I've seen uh, from Cedric Tillman. I think the first time we talked to him in rookie minicamp, just looking at him, I was like, this is the kind of receiver the Browns needed. You know, maybe not the speediest guy, but a guy that has size, a guy that has a big catch radius. I really like what I've seen from him thus far, especially, like I said, when you add a guy like Elijah Moore, who's not that at all, who's kind of that, he's actually been playing a little bit in the backfield for the Browns during OTA. So kind of that guy that can, uh, you know, use the jet sweep, you can hand it off to him and kind of be the underneath guy. So I think Cedric Tillman eventually could play a role kind of like Amari Cooper, where he's the number one, or maybe even a number three, like a DPJ, kind of an outside target in that way. We'll take whatever we can get from him. I mean, I like what you said, just his catch radius is big. Yeah. And in the NFL, obviously, yeah. times when it seems like the cover guy skills are even better now than they were just even five years ago. The, the amount of separation that some of these receivers are able to get is minimal. That means it puts a premium on having, A, a very accurate quarterback who can put it in that slim window, but also a guy that might have a little bit more extra reach here or there, either in height or it, with his wingspan, to get balls that you know otherwise would be incomplete with these smaller receivers. Yeah. Hey, is there a player That's that a, we have we that we have not mentioned that we need to be on the lookout for that can make an impact? 
Oh man. Well, I think I think that uh, when you look at the offense, right? You you got your you got your stalwarts. You got your uh, Nick Chubbs, your David Njoku's, your Amari Cooper. I'm really interested in the backup running back position because Nick Chubb is a guy that's only going to get you know 15, 20 carries a game, if that. And you're going to need some production out of that. Last year, unfortunately. Kareem Hunt seemed to kind of take a step back. That was that was not what the Browns were looking for. So I'm excited. I'm excited to see. Is it going to be Jerome Ford? Is it going to be Henderson? Is it going to be somebody they bring in? Is it going to be you know even a guy like Zeke, which I don't think that's a great fit. But again, I, it, that position is going to be important. I mean, Nick Chubb has had injuries. I'm not saying he's going to get injured, but that that position is going to be huge. So that's a position that I'm definitely looking at uh, for either the Browns to improve, to add to, or maybe a guy like Jerome Ford. What can he bring to the table? What can he bring to this offense? Skilled guy. Um, he looked great last year in preseason. I'm excited to you know get an opportunity to look at him more in the regular season with some some regular reps. He obviously didn't get that regular work last year. Uh, what about the big lineman from Ohio State? Um, you know the, the word on him has been um, big and big, uh, <laughs> yeah. but outside of that, we haven't heard any you know real glowing reports of how he's fit in so far. What, what was your assessment? Yeah, so actually during minicamp, he had a really, when we were able to see him in practice, he had a rough day. He was, you know, visibly frustrated with himself, and Bill Callahan was kind of coaching him through it. So there are growing pains there. There are things that are going to, he's going to have to learn. He's going to have to continue to grow. But um, the other day, I think he got second team reps in practice. Uh, He was at right tackle, so maybe they're not looking to put him at left tackle yet, want to start him at right tackle. He's going to cross train between both. And you're right. I mean, he is. He's just a giant. He is the when I was covering games at Ohio State um, throughout the couple last couple of years. I mean, I would just look at him. He didn't really look athletic, but he just was a massive human being. But then when you watch him move, he ended up being a pretty athletic player. So I'm really excited about him. I'm not saying that he's going to be the heir apparent to Jed Wills. I'm not going to say that he's the heir apparent to Jack Conklin, but he is going to be a project, and he is somebody that I'm definitely looking forward to seeing. I thought, you know, just based on his potential, he was a great pick where they drafted him. Obviously, he fell because maybe some of the character things um, as and. I'm not saying we saw them in minicamp, but there was some frustration there. He was kind of showing that visible frustration. So I think there are some growing pains that are going to happen. They're going to mold him. He's a piece of clay right now. Bill Callahan's going to get his hands on him, really make him a better player. So I'm excited to see what he can do uh, in the next couple of years. You brought up Bill Callahan. If Callahan can't get the most out of this kid, likely no one can. Yeah, he's the guru yeah. when it comes to offensive yeah, line coaches. Uh, McNuggets that. has a question for you, Hayden. Hayden, we're going to let you out of here on this. Yeah. Appreciate you coming on. The last question today is brought yeah. to us by Calling Companies Championship, July 12th through the 16th at Firestone Country Club. There is fun, family-friendly events for everybody. Check them out at callinggolf.com. We've had you on for 15 minutes, Hayden, and no one asked how Deshaun Watson looked at the open portion of OTAs. Wow. Bad job out of us. So with that... How did number four look in the one time we could see him up close and personal so far this season? Well, Jason, Jason, Jason earlier talked about pissing people off. I did the same thing. I posted a clip of Deshaun throwing a pass to Elijah Moore that hit off his hands. And I said, Deshaun missed Elijah Moore. And that was met with, it was a good throw. We try, he dropped it. Why are you so hard on Deshaun? What's wrong with you? It, I was like, listen, I j- he, okay, I, and I deleted it and I switched it. Don't ever I don't delete like, it. Don't I'll, delete it. Yeah, don't unlike, back I know, I know. Unlike, I know. Unlike don't cave Jason, to the I, mouth I breathers. I know, I know. And, and I they, know. they, they be on Hayden's ass, man. You, man. you got to stand tall. They I do. Back, All man. the time. Yeah, hey, guys, I got your back. Deshaun missed a lot more than one throw yesterday. Yeah, he was, he was, he was not throw. He did not, he did not look great is what I will say. But it is, it is. Uh, OTAs. It is week one. He missed a he missed a bunch of passes, and obviously, when he made one good throw, the Browns are gonna you know post on their page, and everybody's gonna be yeah, excited about it. And that's great. To find it, but yeah, <laughs> but yeah. I mean, he, he 
He's he didn't Go look ahead, good. Come at me. Leave Hayden uh, alone and come at me. Yeah. I'm a man. Yeah, I'm forty. Yeah. <laughs> well, Hayden, here's the thing. Yeah. You you know you're doing your job if the fans are coming after you because for whatever reason, and, and I'm one of them. I'm a Browns fan. Yeah. But for whatever reason, man, this is a touchy group. I mean, this I is a touchy. You think with as much as we've lost, we'd be we would be as a group have a sharper eye and yeah. be a little harder on the yeah. players. But yeah. there's a group of so, Browns so, fans that just. Want nothing negative said or written about anybody on the team. I'm dead that, inside. That some, yeah, somebody, <laughs> somebody told, somebody responded to me, and they were like, "Well, you posted a clip of Deshaun doing bad, and we just want to be excited right now." I'm like, I, uh, "Okay, <laughs> like I'm not supposed to tell you the truth, so no, you can get really not. excited for Lie the start to them. of the season." Lie so to you, them all. So you, you, you're really excited for the start of the season, and then when Deshaun's not playing well, you're like, "Oh, he looked great in camp because of all the clips you posted." I was like, "Yeah, because I only posted the good ones." What do you like? Yeah, I don't know. I don't get it. You know what? I don't Here's get the it. Thing. Hayden, you posted a clip that was representative of his day's work, right? I yeah, mean, he, I wasn't, wasn't editing stellar. a clip to make the ball drop. Yeah, yeah, exactly. you didn't edit it to make it to make the ball no. drop. It's just keep doing no. you, man. You do a great job. We uh, we love having you on the show, and I'm sure we'll see you again soon. Thanks, hey, Hayden. Alessia Thanks, said Hayden, to man. say hi right. to you, and I always do it. My wife says so. So <laughs> hi from Alessia. It's nice to hi, finally Alessia. meet you. And I don't look yes, like Josh likewise. Cribs. You do no, look like you Josh Cribbs. No, he does not look like Josh Cribbs. Really? Wow. Mm-hmm. I think you do. No, I don't I see don't. it. Okay. I don't. All right. Thanks, Thanks guys. Hayden. I appreciate it. Thank we'll you, soon, Hayden. Man. And we have a, right, a special guys. Have a great guest day. joining us now. This was a surprise. Uh, Anthony's looking at me. He's very confused. He has no idea what's going on. I don't either. Uh, no, this literally happened within the last three minutes. He said he needs to come on. He needs to address something oh, ASAP. Boy. Oh boy, Steve! Oh, I know what this is. Uh, I, 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 uh, I knew it. My guy, <laughs> what's up, boy? Earl, stop with this Martin Emerson propaganda already, will you? I told you it was coming. He brought good numbers, though. <laughs> I he told brought, you he brought it was great coming, numbers. Man. He brought, did you see uh, the segment? No, I actually didn't. That's oh, not well, why I'm. Come on, on. <laughs> you're you're guilty of what we kill people for That's doing. That's right. No, I, you, I've been I've been out all morning. I've been out all morning, so I haven't had a chance to watch. But I will I will go back and watch it. Because the, the only thing about Martin Emerson is you can't say, like, when you're debating whether he should be in over other corners and offensive linemen, like, we don't know enough about guys on other teams that play those positions. Yeah, Earl, you Earl, hit him. I'm, I'm not even going to hit him it. with I'm, it, Earl. I'm hit him with let, it. The, I mean, the rookie on his debut ahead, show, Earl. tell Bull, use the numbers that you gave to us. He, he came prepared. First of all, Bull, bad job out of you. I expect better out of you. Man. <laughs> nice. I expect better out of you. Nice. you know, I like that. Big okay, first man came first. running into the ring and but he's about to get hit with the chair. Yeah, he doesn't know yet. Here's the argument. I, I went to PFF since this list came from PFF. I went to yep. the quarterback position and Martin Emerson finished with a 72.5 PFF grade, which was 23rd out of qualifying corners. The guys that's above him on that list. Minus Sauce Gardner and Patrick Sertan in second. Uh, A.J. Terrell, 63.9, which was tied for 61st. You got Tariq Woolen, 69.1, tied for 34th. You had Trayvon Diggs, 67.6, tied for 42nd. He had the second highest PFF grade of any Cleveland Browns defender, of course, Miles Garrett being first. His 15 right. pass defenses was tied for six in the NFL. Of the guys that, was, that made the list, only two of those guys was above him on that list. Well, and what so you got to realize, and listen, I'm not saying that Martin Emerson couldn't make an argument to be on that list. Mm-hmm. The point is, the point is two things. Okay, you give me the PFF grade, and that's great, and that's what they're. That's part of what they're using. They're also projecting ahead 
right? What they think is going to happen the next couple of years. But ultimately, we're watching him, and he's a good player. And like my first reaction, like yours, is to say, well, he got snubbed here. But I'm not watching those guys every day, and we can't solely grade on the PFF grade alone. But it's right? the PFF system. If this was the athletic, their own numbers, which they claim are, are biblical. Guys, but they're not just looking at what he did last year. They're projecting ahead, and they no, obviously lose. These other guys well, have more upside going forward. I'm usually Why? on both sides. I'm usually on both sides, not on this one. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm with Earl. I'm with Earl on this one, too. I thought Earl made a great case. Like, well, you did make a good own... case. I'll give you that. But there's obviously, it, what would be the point of the list if they were solely going on their their PFF grade and not projecting ahead to some degree? Well, because be no they're, point. they're you just have 25 highest it, rated players. Well, because, Bull, this isn't like, it, I would agree with you if they were naming just the top cornerbacks and then they, for some reason, had a cornerback rated lower on their list that they themselves grade. But right. this is this is the accumulation of all players in the league. And the fact that they have three guys that they themselves say rated below Emerson, above right. him on the list, well, yeah, what makes, is it? It's, it's, it's certainly a good argument, and I'm proud of Earl for making that excellent argument. I would just argue right. that they that's their projection going forward is that these guys will be better. Ultimately, who gives a shit? You I know. agree with that. Yeah, that's what we <laughs> said, too. I agree with that. You know what? It was yeah. clickbait, we know, and we, we know took Martin the Emerson's a good player. We know Martin Emerson's yeah. a good player. Whether, whether he's the 22nd best player under 25 doesn't or matter. the 28th plus best player yeah. under 25, yeah, does it matter. really matter? He's in the no. conversation, he's in and the that's conversation. all that counts. Yeah, he's, he's, I agree he with certainly that. belongs picture. in the conversation. Nobody would debate that. But I did tell but you guys, I was going to hold my own weight. I told you that yesterday. Good job. Good job, Earl. I'm proud of you. And don't mention what I texted you and John Peter. I'm not. Bo, so what's up, Bo? You uh, you said you yes. had to come on, well, and something was very important. I wanted important to come impressive. on, guys, because you know, as you know, um, dealing with leukemia is something I've been dealing with for the last couple of years. My wife was diagnosed with T cell, what's called T cell ALL leukemia, and so obviously it's something that I knew nothing about three years ago, and now I know a lot about. Well. This week, I just found out that uh, there's a kid here in Rocky River. Yeah. Uh, his brother plays in in the Rocky River Little League, and the kid the kid is, na- uh, is a kid by the name of Spencer uh, Rockwood. Spencer is in the first grade, and he was recently diagnosed with T cell leukemia. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, this is heartbreaking. Nobody should go through this, especially a child. Um, I I can't speak to his case specifically. I do know that generally uh, kids do well with the treatment for T-cell ALL or, or, or T-cell. I don't know if he has ALL specifically, but T-cell leukemia. So I'm going to I have optimism, but I, I obviously don't want to speak to it as a doctor because I don't know his, this, this young man's specific case. But obviously, it's extremely sad that a, a, a first grade a, a child would go through this. It's heartbreaking, as I know personally. I can't even imagine going through this when it's your child. Um, and he's he is a next door neighbor of one of the families of the boys of one of the boys on my team, and so this this family the Atwater family, uh, the dad Chris is is the offensive coordinator at, at Rocky River High School for the football team. Their son their their children are all great athletes. Their youngest child Joey is uh, one of the kids on my team, and they're holding a, a le- they're just doing a lemonade stand. Nothing crazy. Nothing nothing fancy. Nothing where they're looking for zillions of dollars here. 
but we're just they're just trying to raise some money just so when Spencer comes out of the hospital, you can get him a few toys and a few cool things that make might cheer him up. So this kid's going through a lot. So what I wanted to say is if you're if you're anywhere near Rocky River tomorrow afternoon between noon and 4 p.m., please stop by 2715 West Asplin Drive. That's 2715 West Asplin, A-S-P-L-I-N Drive. They're holding a lemonade stand to raise some money. Um, I'm going to tweet out in a little bit a uh, a poster, a flyer, where you can where you can just even if you can't go to the lemonade stand, you can click on this uh, you know GoFundMe account. And again, a dollar, two dollars. Nobody nobody's asking you to donate a ton of money. We can all afford to give give up. Mo- at least most of us can afford to give a dollar or two or a couple of dollars here and there. And maybe you'll get a good glass of lemonade as well. So tomorrow from noon to 4, uh, 2715 West Asplin Drive. I'll be there uh, for a little bit of the time. But uh, please go between noon and 4. I'm going to tweet something out with more details about it in the next 10 minutes as well. Yeah, I'm glad you came on. Um, We we featured Spencer yesterday on our Channel 3 show, uh, What's New?, um, yeah. incredible young guy. He's mm. seven years old. He's a very good travel baseball player. His teammates yeah. um, made a video that we put on the air yesterday that was just like, if you see it, you realize sometimes you think, oh man, you know, this next generation mm-hmm. of kids, what are they going to give us? When you when you see how behind Spencer these kids are, um, it gives you a great feeling in your heart. Um, not only, you mentioned the GoFundMe page. The GoFundMe uh, at the time of our story yesterday was, I think, at $41,000. Wow. Oh, my and God. I, I know, That's Bull, great. you had said that, you know, whatever, just to, to help him when he gets out of the hospital. But these treatments, as you know, Bull, can oh be very, very expensive. expensive and yeah. insurance doesn't cover all of it. And so no. um, every I, penny is going to help this young man. And you're right. Um, the, in kids, um, typically... This is, um, you know, the results can be very, very good. And I know they have very high hopes for Spencer. But in the meantime, like you said, this is impacting his life, his family's life in a negative way. Um, So, yeah, go go buy some lemonade. And and if you can't get over to Rocky River and you want to just pop on the GoFundMe link, we have the link up on our WKYC webpage. So go to WKYC.com, look for that link. His name is Spencer, and give like Bull said, if it's a dollar, if it's two dollars, yeah. most of us can Whatever find a way to afford. get something. Whatever you can afford, the yeah. community never lets us down. It really is incredible, and I know yeah. Rocky River Bull uh, has really rallied around this young man. And it's interesting that you came on because I was going to actually ask you when you came on because I knew that he and his family are involved with the pro- uh, sports programs over there. I was going to ask you if you knew of him, and here you coach one of his brothers, so. Yeah, um, I'm glad I, well, you it's, did. His, it's, it's his brother. It's uh, I, one of his friends, uh, uh, one of his brother's friends. Oh, okay. Is on your They're team. Not, not one of his brothers. But okay. the, the uh, Trish Atwater, who's the matriarch of the Atwater family that I just mentioned, told me the go- GoFundMe just went over 50000 today. It's incredible. They have surpa- I'm on That's the page awesome. right now. We're dropping it in the YouTube chat. It has surpassed yeah. its goal, which does not mean they don't keep need going. more donations. Keep giving. Keep going. Yep, keep but giving. They have Guys, I can't tell you. I don't. I don't know the family personally. I'm sure I'll hopefully get to know more about them tomorrow. Um, but obviously, you know, I, and fortunately, I have health insurance. But I can't tell you how. I mean, if if I didn't have health insurance, I'd, I my family would be broke right now. We'd be broke. There's no doubt about it. 
So I don't, I can't speak for the, for the family that's going through this. Um, I don't know what their financial situation is, but I know that, you know, that as you said, Jay, the treatments are a fortune. Are, yeah, I mean, unreal. this is a long leukemia is not like other cancer. Uh, it's, you know, you, you could, some people are being treated for years mm-hmm. uh, for this type of thing. And no matter, no matter how often the doctor says, you know, the odds are good or whatever, when your kid especially is going through something like this, it is, uh, it is frightening to the core. So anything we can do to help. And uh, I'm just jumping on board. So happy that you guys did something and I didn't know that. I'm, I'm so glad you guys did that. I'm glad you came yeah, on. We're all rooting for this kid. Yeah. I, and so again, uh, WKYC.com, look for the link. His name is Spencer. Go to the uh, GoFundMe page and, and give whatever you can because uh, the family certainly can use it. And I know that they appreciate it greatly. Bull, thanks a ton, man. Great to see you. Have a good weekend. Have a good Memorial Day weekend. You too, guys. I'll see you next week. You bet. All right, boy. Yeah, that, uh, you know, there's certain stories that you have to report on that just rip your heart out. Yeah. Anyone with kids. And that that's my thing. Oh, uh, I, I tell you, anytime there's a story where kids are affected by either a disease yep. or something tragic happens to them. Yesterday, also yesterday, we reported on a seven-year-old girl was shot in the head in Cleveland oh, by a sibling. And those stories were in, the same, it's, were in the same show, and it just leaves you with a gut punch. Yeah. Like these kids, some of these kids never have a chance. Ugh. And uh, it, was, it was horrifying. And Spencer is, uh, is fortunate enough to have a great family. We had, uh, had them in the, in the piece. And um, he's got great friends, great teammates. And really, the community of Rocky River is rallying around this young man. And it's incredible. In a very short period of time, They've raised now over 50000 and I'm sure that's going to continue to go You know, higher. Jay, when I hear stuff like that, and I think all three of us can relate, I tend to look back over my own life, mm-hmm. and I know how far I've come. I know some of the things I've done, and I've been allowed second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth chances, and it's so frustrating and heartbreaking to see kids that don't get that second chance or that's hard. have things uh, like unfortunate happen to them, and they don't deserve that. They have mm-hmm. not lived life long enough to put themselves in position you know, to make quote-unquote mistakes that right. should be that consequential to them. What's so. amazing is how they face these adversities with such optimism yeah. head mm-hmm. on. You know, it's almost never do you see a situation where a kid is gets this news and begins to say, you know, why is this happening to me? They just are so resilient. Well, you know, does everybody die from this? No. Well, <laughs> Then you're saying I have a chance. Cool. Yeah. And they oftentimes provide optimism and hope for the parents yeah. and for the older ones around them because uh, they, they are so optimistic and they believe that they're going to get through these fights, and I'm sure Spencer will, with the help of uh, the community of Rocky River and really all of the Cleveland area. So I'm glad we had him on. It was uh, important stuff. Good, good stuff. So thanks, Bull, for that. Uh, you want to do Guardians here, or did we go? We'll little... do. We'll do Guardians, then we'll move on to some Cavs, and we'll we'll wrap up with the top five. Your but question. We do have to I, talk I liked your question. Your question really got to the heart of the matter. Uh, you know, here we are. You know, approaching June first, mm-hmm. and that's really. Uh, I always look at June first and August first as you know, kind of the you know, the, if you split it into well, thirds, July thirty first or the trade deadline, whatever the deadline. Yeah, is. well, yeah. right before August first. Yeah. So at, at June first. You're really not, you know, unless you're the A's or, you know, the Rays. Right. You're not answering any definitive questions. You're still in the mix, like, with 25 other teams. Uh, but it's getting late fast, mm-hmm. and we're getting to that June 1st post, which is kind of the, 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 the third way, you know, a third of the way through the season. And the Guardians are woefully underperforming. They are 21-28. and 28. They're losing to bad teams. 
which is a, the trademark of this team is they feast on the Tigers and the Royals and the teams in their division that have played poor baseball. But the Tigers are above them. They're four and a half games out of first place right now. And the question as they get ready to start a series with the St. Louis Cardinals, who have also woefully underperformed, are the Guardians the biggest disappointment in baseball this year? And I'll hold my fire. I'll let you guys start. Well, I, I, I'll shoot mine first and get it out the way because I'm not the biggest baseball guy. I'm a casual baseball guy. But I know enough to, to say no. They're not the biggest di- yeah. disappointment. The San Diego Padres are. Yeah. The San Diego Padres spent a lot of money to build their roster to go compete for a World Series. And they have gravely underperformed this season, and it doesn't look like they're going to get any better. Well, unlike the Guardians, they play in a division that has a, a, a Megatron team in yeah. the Dodgers. Yeah. So you fall behind the Dodgers early. It's, and a, it's over with. You can turn off the lights by the 4th of July. Now, for me, I think personally the Guardians are a disappointment because this goes back to what I've said before. It seems like every single time that I personally have an expectation for a certain individual player or a team based on what they did last year, I'm let down. And I didn't see this coming, especially with them going to spend some money this offseason, getting a bat in here like Josh Bell, you know, being around you guys. I'm getting educated on the game. I'm getting educated on who's who and how they can fit in and mesh. Uh, Me and Mikey, I know our guys are. I'm an Oscar guy. He's a Will Brennan guy. They've underperformed. And so it's just personally, they've let me down. But I wouldn't say they're the biggest disappointment in baseball at all. Jay, what do you think? Yeah, I just I want to look up the Padres payroll as you were talking, and I, I think I have to agree with Earl. It's it, massively two hundred fifty million. Yeah, compared and to the Guardians, or what, a, under a hundred million? Yeah, oh, well under. Yeah, yeah. And so, and their Padres are four, I think, four games under five hundred still. So yeah, I, I think San Diego probably is the most, right. the biggest disappointment. But the the Guardians are on the list. Uh, it, you know, I think a lot of people expected possibly guys would regress when you talk about all the rookies that they had last year, but the point I've been trying to make for the last week or so, it's not the young guys for me. It's the big money guys. It's the guys that they invested big money in. It's Jimenez, Bell, and Zanino. It's those three, the big contracts that they handed out over the winter. How much different does this lineup look if they're producing, if they're playing at the level that we thought they were? Jimenez, I think, is going to be fine. Like, you know, I said yesterday, you don't go from being a seven-war player to not being able to hit a curveball. Like, it just doesn't happen. He'll, he'll, if you remember a couple of years ago, Jose Ramirez had went through an awful stretch, yep. and he pulled out of it. It happens. Yeah, I think Jimenez will be okay. But Bell has just been a disaster of a free agent signing. And I, you know, what it's was him, it, $13 million? Uh, yeah, and, and he's got, it's 16 and he's got an option for next year. So if he doesn't get this thing turned around, he can just pick up the player option, and now it's a two-year anchor And they're on stuck him. with him. And it feels hypocritical for me to crush him for it because I like the signing at the time, so I can't turn around now. I'm with you. I thought it was yeah. a brilliant signing. But the fact is, at this point, it's a miss. He has not been Edwin Encarnacion. No, not at all. And, and so you worry about, you know, Chris Antonetti and his crew have talked multiple times about we can't miss on no. free agents, and right now, it's a miss. And Zanino at $6 million is a miss. And, Huge And miss. I just don't know how much longer you can hold on to that rope thinking that it's going to turn. At some point, I know you don't want to go to the Dolans and say we have to eat that $6 million, But if you're trying to salvage a season, and the point I tried to make yesterday was it's not just Bo Naylor is not going to save the season. It's not just one move. It's, but I think it's, you take one day of, of drama where you say you DFA Zanino, you trade Rosario, you put Arias at shortstop every day, you put Naylor behind the plate every day, 
and you're all in on kids again. And it, but it's just it's do it's something to try and shake this up because yeah. right now it's not working. It goes back to what we said about the Browns. When what you're doing isn't working, you have to change. And it's not emotional, G. Bush knee jerk reaction at this point. It's two months into the season. Yeah. You and I, I 100% agree with you. By Memorial Day weekend in June 1st, you are what you are, mm-hmm. and the standings can change. You can say it's early in the season, and that's true. But by June 1st you pretty much are what you are and you know what you are and you know where your blind spots are. You know what your weaknesses are. And the guardians have a lot right now. And I, I just, I, I just think it takes grabbing something by the collar and shaking them. And to me, the shake is you're not going to get anything for Rosario of value. You're going to get a, a single a prospect middling prospect at this point or a middle reliever, you know, a, a reliever that's not great, but it's more just clearing the path to get Arias those every day at bats they felt like Arias could play right field. Maybe Tyler Freeman can play right field. You know, I I, I don't know, but they love. What's the, happened to Oscar Gonzalez? He's not even hitting well in AAA. Like he's just falling completely off the face of the. And that right was now. our my biggest fear was of all yes. the guys. And he was the guy. With, he was the guy. He was the guy as we talk. Browns high ceiling, low floor. He was that and it's guy. The plate discipline. High ceiling, low it's, floor. You know, he's swinging at bad it's pitches, chases. so he's not going to see good pitches. Yes, it's chasing bad pitches. And Brennan's been a disappointment. All that is true. Yeah, but. To me, it's the guys that they invested the big money in. And this lineup looks a lot different if the guys that they gave big dollars to are playing to the level that they expect. Now, you know, we talked earlier about how in the NFL, you know, you've got three games every year that are just losses. Mm-hmm. And you got three wins every year that are just wins. Mm-hmm. And then the other ten, mm-hmm. you know, it's what Determine you do in, in the clutch. Yeah. And last year, everything went right. Yes. From day one through the last game of the season, they just – it was – they were sprinkled with magic fairy yep. dust. And that happens sometimes. Sometimes it happens. You know, they, they stayed healthy. This year, before they break spring training, McKenzie's out for two months. Yep. He's your yeah. number two arm. All of the little things that went their way last year are going against them this year. Class A has not been good. I, you know, I know people say, well, he's you know, either the lead leader or among league leaders in saves. He's he also hasn't been. As, he's been off by that much. He's Tom, been off. Tammy told us that the other day. His, when he was his velocity isn't there. Yeah. And I, I was there the other night, and, you know, he successfully came in and they closed it out. But I think he threw all sliders and cutters. I didn't see a single fastball. I didn't see anything that was in the 100-mile-an-hour range. Yeah. And in Major League Baseball, that threshold is over 99. When you start to get triple digits, that's where guys are swinging and hoping. Mm-hmm. And he's not throwing that way this year. So he's just off a little. And it just takes all of these guys to be off a little. Um, Ramirez is trying to do his part. But if the guys that were brought in to protect him aren't hitting, guess what? He's still not seeing premium pitches. And if you remember, Ramirez got off to a historic start last year. He did. April and May. And cooled dramatically. Yeah, he was playing at MVP historic levels those first couple of months. And he's been fine. I mean, Hosey's not the problem with this team, but he's not playing. He's not having. Yeah, he's not the problem. He's not having the unfathomable start that he did last year. Right. You know. So now, that, all that plays into the answer to the question is, I think you guys both got it right. The Padres are the huge, they're just a massive disappointment. We're crying because we brought in a $16 million guy. And what does Zanino, $6 million? $6 million. So we spent basically $24 million on two guys that are laying eggs. Yeah. Imagine if you're the Padres right yeah. now and your payroll is $250 million and you're looking up at the Dodgers and that lead might as well be 10 games right now yeah. because they're going to be hard to catch. They're not going to be a team. 
I still am not sold on the Twins. I'm just oh, not. I'm not either. This not division either. is the terrible. worst division in baseball, it's and it's not even close. If I was, I was thinking about this this morning driving in. If I was Tampa, I would be furious that you're stuck in the East. I would too. <laughs> like you I know, would too. like here you are. You talk about punching up. That franchise Unreal. punches up every year. Imagine if Tampa was in the Central, which frankly, run away with it. Geographically, I understand why they're in the East. Payroll wise, they should be in the Central. Yeah, and, and bro, they're built like a Central team. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. that's and a what, real good point. This is what pisses me off the most. Last year, the Rays, I think, were 29th in home runs, and the Indians or Guardians were 28th. They were they were among. That is factual. Yeah. Okay, the Rays are leading baseball in home runs this year. Yeah. It's unbelievable what this team is doing. And a lot of it is just in turn. I mean, I think Yandy, last I looked, Yandy had 11. Remember, He's been unreal. He yeah. finally found his power stroke. Yeah. And Taylor Walls has come out of nowhere this year. He was. Everybody's he's, hitting home runs. Yeah. Everybody. Like they just, but they've got a lot of young guys. Going back to the Cavs conversation I was talking about yesterday, they had a lot of young guys that just sort of hit at the right time. They right. all just popped at the same time. Yeah. And now you're seeing what how that can tra- how that translates in baseball it's with insane. the Rays. Meantime, the Guardians have 30 home runs. 28 because they were off yesterday. Or no, no, they have, 30. they have 30. They have 30. They do have 30. That's, that's terrible. Last, last I checked, they had 28 and 17 were solo shots. 17 to 28 were solo. I mean, that is just that that is to me that is absolutely terrifying. All of that being said, McKenzie is ready, so he'll yeah. be up soon. Too bad he can't hit a curveball. He only throws. Yeah, it. I know. But the, the the rotation gets notably better. Now you've got two plus front of the rotation guys, legitimate front of the rotation guys. Um, they've got decisions to make. Please, Zach. Oh, th- there is no decision on please, Zach. Done. Yeah. I don't, I'm, 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 I'm done. Uh, to be quite honest, Cal, it's been a big disappointment. Yeah. Big, big disappointment. Um, and you've got guys in the wings. You've got Bybee. You've got Logan Allen. Mm-hmm. You've got Gavin Williams, who's you know, throwing ridiculous numbers down in, in right. minor league baseball. Right. Like, I know you don't want to punt on the season. And I don't think it is punting on the season, but a, a shot across the bow is necessary. Yes. Now, Tito is notoriously patient, and notoriously, his patients have paid off. Yes. He starts, his teams typically start slow. Yes. So, does he have a, a, a switch that he can find? He might, but I don't know at what point you say, okay, enough is enough, it's time to turn the page. This feels different than a normal slow start, only because the power has been so atrocious and I don't know how you've I don't know if that switch flips because we saw it last year and if anything it's, it feels like it's regressed from where it was last year. Oh it's year. far it's way I think they're the lowest scoring team in baseball. So that it's it's hard to look at this at this point and for a while I was in the eh, it's early you know they'll figure it out it's early but it's starting to get Tito late. teams always struggle in April it's fine but we're at the point now where to the June 1st mark of you are what you are. And this, yeah. is, this just feels different. And, and I think internally to them, this feels different than a normal slow April, May, whatever. It just, it, it, this is different. To all of this discussion, I think the team that's in tonight starting a series, the Cardinals are also a big disappointment. They've shown signs of life recently mm-hmm. where the Guardians, I don't, they can't remember the last time they won a series. I mean, that's kind of terrifying to look at Cardinals, Orioles, and then although they did play the Twins well when Minnesota was in town, I think they took two or three, didn't they? And they I did. I kind of thought at the time like maybe this is the start. I of, did too. I thought that was going to be the spark. And it was got things going. But I, I will say this: 
when you look at this stretch, um, if they continue dropping two out of three, which is what their their MO has been yeah. all year, yeah. if they lose two or three to the Cardinals, two or three to the Orioles, two or three to the Twins, now you're likely not four and a half out, you're probably seven and a half yeah. or eight out, yeah. and you're just barely to June 1st, that's when I'm re- reaching for the panic button. I'm yeah. not. I'm not yet. I've identified it. I know exactly where it is. We know where the codes and are. And I got twitchy finger, and it's, it's ready. <laughs> but I'm not reaching for it yet. But if they drop two of three to all of these three teams, yeah. uh, it's going to be really, really difficult to try to dig out of that hole. And what's really disappointing to me is the Chicago White Sox, who should have been much better but haven't been, they're a game behind the Guardians, and they have been – horrendous well, until recently. And Hammy pointed out when he was on with us, hey, I know what the record is, but there's too much talent in Chicago, and he's not ready to sell on them yet. And I'm I, not either. I agree. They still, to me, they when you look at their pitching they staff. They should be 10 games up in the division. Giolito and I Cease agree. and Kopech. And they scare me. Kopech was dominant yesterday yep. and might be starting to put it together. And, and I don't know how much of this, every one of their pitchers look good against us, and I don't know how much of that is we just can't hit our weight. Yeah. Or right, how right. much of that is the White Sox staff? But, but I look at the White Sox, and they're going to get healthier in their bullpen. Yep. And you just start looking at them saying, geez, they, they still may be at five and a half out. They still may be the team to beat. Eloy's coming back. Eloy Jimenez will be yes. back probably within the next week. Right. Liam Hendricks is coming back. He had his own cancer battle. He's coming back yep. within the next couple of weeks. And he could be a rallying cry for this team, Absolutely. Too. So that could still be the team. We keep talking twins, 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 twins. I'm kind of with Hammy. The Sox um, aren't Are dead. you now starting to give serious thought to you got to deal Bieber oh, in, in, before been, the trade deadline? I, I think he will be. Yeah. I, I think and James, honestly, to me. Regardless of how this plays out, I think he's probably going to be See, I, I disagree. I, I just think that if you're in it, and they'll know by July 1st, you know, I think give them another month. Yeah. And if they haven't turned it around by then, I'm trading Bieber immediately. Yeah. I don't even wait to the trade deadline. Yeah. But the thing of it is, once that Bieber trade happens, to me, I can't envision this team making any kind of playoff noise without a Bieber at the front of the rotation. I guess my counter to that would be Gavin Williams would be up the next day. Well, you're asking a lot of these you kids. Are. You you're are. You're 100% asking, and, and, and I, yes. I don't. I have faith in them, and, then, and Bybee and Allen have proven that they can get guys out. Yeah. But it's June. Yep. It's May. Yep. I don't. Um, we know Bieber can get guys out in September and October. If McKenzie comes back and throws the way we expect McKenzie can throw, he could be your ace. He comes up one spot. Gavin William comes up. You've got Bybee, Logan Allen, and Williams. I think are the future now. Espino, I don't think you can count on at this point. No, he's he's out quite a while. It, it, mostly the year, right? Most likely. Oh, fourteen to sixteen. Yeah. Yeah. Like all Gone. of this year and half of next year before he throws a ball. I think. Yeah, like it's it's serious what he's got. I mean, it may, we're not at that point yet. It may alter. He may ultimately have to become a reliever after this. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know if he'll ever be the same pitcher after this. It's a shame too because he had such promise. And such they, they were. Really and this is the point that I that Bull and I went round around on yesterday. You know, I think part of the roadblock that they've had with trying to make deals is everyone was asking for Bybee, Espino, and Williams, and and the Guardians were hesitant to trade them. And the issue you run into is. Well, what if you say, okay, we won't trade Espino, but we'll give you Williams. You're rolling the dice if you lose Williams, and now you've just lost Espino. That's why you hold all three. That's why you hold all three, and it really is an impediment then to the deals that you can make because teams are saying, well, if we don't get one of those guys, it's no deal. And now you're likely going to get nothing for Espino that the ship has sailed. Right, well, and maybe he can make a full recovery from this, but you've just pushed that timeline back to where he's not even in the conversation right now. Sure, right. 
They got to win. They got to start now. I'm going to the game tonight. I'll be just screaming my lungs out for them, doing my part. Uh, it's it's got to happen soon, or uh, it's it's going to be a wrap. So we know if the Guardians lose tonight, we know who to blame. It's it is my officially fault. Jake <laughs> Crawford. Didn't yell fault. loud enough. Will you uh, be in the is, dugout suite and on camera the whole time? I like was Monday. Um, I'm I'll be in the uh, I'll be in another suite up top. This, this time. No, no FaceTime for Jay tonight. No, and I like it that way. I, 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 when people are texting me stuff, because my reactions are pretty, I wear them on my sleeve. <laughs> and I had friends telling me, saying, oh, yeah, I, I just read your lips and you weren't saying funny. <laughs> well, like, Big Baller Jay, it's Jay? his choice of, uh, of sweets at Progressive Field. We're going to move on to the next time. We're going to combine our two basketball topics into Look one. Look at that. Jay got the shooters video. bounce off the chair and the pillow. It, Good luck it. then for the Guardians tonight. But we're going to start with the uh, fan video whenever we talk. Fan videos is brought to us by PCC Air Force. If you're looking for a job with career advancement and great benefits? Well, PCC Air Foils is a leading manufacturer in Northeast Ohio. All locations of PCC Air Force in Eastlake, Menor, Wycliffe, and Minerva are hiring for all positions starting at $18 and up, plus full benefit packages, paid time off, and a signing bonus. You can apply online at precast.com slash careers to learn more. So I was scrolling through Twitter yesterday. I saw this video from Cam Magruder, who makes a bunch of fan parody videos, and this one's about the Cavs. I thought it encapsulated how the entire Cleveland fan base feels after that Knicks loss. We'll spend two minutes reacting to that. We're going to play it, and then we'll talk about the Celtics possibly being the first team to ever come back from a 3-0 hole in the Eastern Conference Finals. So, Steve, I'm going to hit the play in the video. Y'all enjoy. This is pretty funny. Knicks were such a bad matchup for us. We should have never cut Kevin Love. I actually thought we had a chance after game two. It's almost like a veteran presence would have helped us in the playoffs. Imagine if LeBron plays Kevin Love in the finals. Donovan Mitchell wants to go to New York. Ain't no way this man about to pull a KD. We're not trading Donovan Mitchell. He just got here. Relax. We really got rid of Kevin Love for nothing. If you look at the 2019 draft, Darius Garland's the best player. I like Evan Mobley. He's just so raw still. Once Evan Mobley gets some more playoff experience, he's going to be a beast. Mobley shut down Julius Randle all series. Evan Mobley's the youngest player ever to get NBA All-Defensive first team. How haven't we fired JB yet? I'm glad Mike Brown won Coach of the Year. I don't get the JB hit. He's still so young. We need shooters. I need Jared Allen to get some offensive moves. We were not a better team before the Donovan Mitchell trade. What are you talking about? We probably would have made the playoffs even if we didn't do the trade. There's so many good coaches out there. It's not a coaching issue. It's a roster issue. We couldn't buy a bucket after game two. We have no death because of the Donovan Mitchell trade. I would never let someone know the lights were too bright for me. I have more post moves than ah. Jared Allen. If Kevin Love never got injured this year, we'll look so good. Different. Robin Lopez sucks. We need some backup center. It's a coaching and roster issue. I can't believe we lost like this, man. We would have had home court advantage. Where was Lamar Stevens this series? Give a Coral some time to develop. We're not trading. If I see Jalen Brunson buck his head back one more time, I'm gonna slap someone. <laughs> no one is off limits except Darius Garland and Mobley. We really won 51 games just to lose four to one in the playoffs. We gotta figure something out. It was a wasted season, man. Rest in peace, Nick Gilbert. We got the talent. We just gotta put it together. There's always next season, right? I, I saw that. I it. thought it was pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, give brilliant. A second to react here, and then we'll talk a little uh, Eastern Conference Finals. I thought it was dead on. I said Spot every on. one of the things that he said <laughs> in that video at least twice. At least twice. Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah, he's got his finger good. on the pulse of Cavs fans. I feel the same way. Is he a local guy? Is he nat? He's no, a he national does, guy. He's national. He does stuff for Cowboys. Yeah. Any team, he does like those kind of fan parodies. That videos. was really good. Yeah, for not being the someone embedded. the NFL videos? That's Annie Ager. Annie yeah. Ager. Tried to Annie get Ager. on, yeah. and we couldn't she, get her. She's too big she's for big, us. Big time, big time. Wow. We got the the hard denial on that. I'm really disappointed in in that. I thought for sure we could have got her on. Yeah, he's he's really good and funny, and everything he said, I know. You know, it's it's the knee jerk 
statements, but when you put them all together like that, like that pretty That's much pretty encapsulates funny. the whole season. The Kevin Love, we traded Kevin Love, we got rid of Kevin Love for nothing. And That's now he's good. one win away from one win away. the NBA Finals, which, by the way, is proving a little more difficult than we thought it might. Do we have time to talk about the Celtics? Team? We do. We have nine minutes before we have a special top five to finish the okay, show. Okay, yeah, we got to do the top five. We got to do the top five, but are the Celtics going to pull this it, off? Miami better win this tonight. This is Miami. I agree. Miami's if, if Miami loses game six, there's no way the Celtics aren't going to the NBA Finals. I don't yeah. think they're going to pull it off. I don't think they got it in them. To the me, Celtics? I don't think the Celtics got it in them. Really? I think the Celtics are a mentally weak team. I think they're a very talented team, but mental toughness to me plus talent makes you elite or a wow. great team. I think Jason Tatum disappears too much. I think Jalen Brown disappears too much. We sit here. We use that term him a lot, right? Yeah. Everybody will be on social media talking about Jason Tatum as him because he can go get 50. Everybody talk about Jalen Brown as him and together like – you know, they have this elite core. And I think we got to be careful with classifying certain guys as him. I can tell you who is him, Jay. Jimmy Butler is him. Yeah. Jokic is him. Giannis is him. Uh, LeBron is him. Don't Steph Curry is him. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. A lot of these guys, like the, the Devin Bookers, the Donovan Mitchells, even though people don't want to admit it, the Jason Tatums, the Jalen Browns, they are very, very good players. Yeah, White was him last night. Yeah, but it just seemed like, man, when, when you're that talented of a team, and you're that inconsistent to me, it screams that you're not mentally focused and you're not mentally tough. And I can't trust you to win four games in a row knowing that those inconsistencies have shown. Now that's a very valid point. Have shown all season long. Jay, so. are you, I'm of the mindset that when a team figures something out in a series, that now now it's all in Miami's court. Now you have to adjust. Yeah. And they, it, they didn't through last night, but I have confidence that, Spolstra, Pat Riley, and the brain trust there will figure it out for tonight. This is their game seven, though. Yeah. I believe it. I it think is not tonight. Just what you kept saying. Sunday. Tonight is Sunday. Yeah, later in the weekend, not tonight. Jalen Brown said, um, don't let us win another one. Yeah. And I think that's I, – I think game six is game seven because you're not beating Boston in Boston for a game seven. But I do, I do think that Miami can figure this thing out. I think they've got the right people there to do it. Miami is a terrible home crowd. That's one thing that concerns. It's a terrible arena. Right now, I've, in fairness, I've never been there for a playoff game, but just in general, that when you think of like raucous arenas to go walk into, Miami ain't in the top ten. Right. So that plays to Boston's advantage a little bit because crowds 100% make a difference in settings like this. Right. Boston has the better roster. I agree with you. I take Butler over anybody else on the floor, but then. I would take Boston's two through six, Their seven. Depth is incredible. Yeah, but coaching, I would side with Miami, and that hundred percent matters. They had four guys over twenty too. last night. Yeah, yeah they did. So yeah, they I, did. I, I go. I, this is hard for me. I go back. I didn't get to see the game last night. I was busy doing other things, so I didn't. I didn't get to watch that, and I haven't seen very many of the highlights. It I, was. I don't think it was ever really a game. Yeah, you know, I can I, go back to. I'll go back to twenty sixteen in the Cavs, and I think I've shared a little bit about this before when they went up three one. And I remember talking to Kevin Love in the locker room and said, if you can get five, there's no way you're losing six at home. And he said, no chance. And they blew the Warriors out in game six at home. Right. They smoked them. And I said, I'll take my chances with that mother bleeper in a game seven yes. over everybody else on the floor. And Kevin said, absolutely. So it came down to winning that game five. And when Steph threw his mouth guard at the end of six, I told everybody, like, 
They're done. Cavs are winning this. Like, this is happening. The Warriors are unraveling. They never thought that they would be in this position. I think Draymond or someone even said that. We're doing media before game seven, and one of the Warriors players said, we never, we never imagined that we would have to be here for a game seven, but here we are. And I thought, well, then you're not going to win. And I just wonder if Miami is in that mindset. At least this one's at home. But I wonder if Miami's in that, man, we never thought we would have to be here up 3-0. We never thought we'd have to be back for a game Well, six. you know, it's interesting you said that because some of the guys said, well, we've done, everything we've done has been hard this year. Yeah. We haven't done anything the easy way. Going up 3-0 would have been, you know, that's the easy right. way. Right. And now all of a sudden, I think they're looking at this too as this is our chance. Yep. We lose this game. It becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. You're going to Boston. You're coming home with an L. Yep. I just think that, and they've got to go into this. Looking I mean, at just, just to both of you all's point, I think the next game, this series is over because of everything you just alluded to. I think that the Miami Heat is probably the best coach team in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And I think that Jimmy Butler is the right leader for this situation. To your point, everything has been tough for them all year. You know, everybody keep throwing out, well, Miami's an AFC. Miami is not your normal AFC. This is a, a franchise that's an AFC with a, a legit superstar with a coach that has championship pedigree. This is not your normal AFC right, just right. coming at you. And so I think with all those being factors, I just don't see them blowing this away because of who their head coach is. Yeah. Like, so they're not going to let the, they're going to seize the moment. Yeah. Win game six and then go on to lose to Denver in the NBA Finals. It's hard to bet against Denver. <laughs> no, I, I'm, 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 I'm convinced that Denver's going to win. I've been on Boston all year. I thought Boston. I did too. I thought Boston's going to win a title this year. But, boy, Denver is so – and yeah. I didn't watch a ton of Nuggets games this year. I didn't either in the I regular watched season, fun, but though. I watched them a lot in the playoffs. Like, when we get to watch them in the playoffs, I was like, and man, this is a really fun yeah. team to watch. I, I keep finding – I keep telling myself, wow, they, they are that good. I watched every game of that Lakers series and thought, like, this team is so much better than I thought. And, 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 like, I love Michael Malone. He spent a lot of time here in Cleveland as right. assistant under Mike. Thrilled for him. Happy for him. But they are so much better than I thought they – and, I mean, Jamal Murray shot out of his mind. True. Yeah, he did. And, and some of the shots Jokic was making against the Lakers. He made the, the left-footed fallback three where they first just called ridic- it a two and then they changed it to a three. Just ridiculous. Like, like how th- were you making that I'm shot? Not even, I, I, I even Anthony even, Davis was like, what? Yeah. Oh, there was a couple times LeBron was like – I know. Like, you can't be and I can't, I can't even call that skill. Like, that's just luck. It no, really but he, is. But he does you know what though? Like, when you do, if you do it that. once, it's luck. But he's done it a number oh. of times where I'm like, he must practice these fall off one footed three pointers. It's he is. I've said it before. If he showed up at, for a pickup game, he'd be the last dude. Picked. <laughs> I agree. At the All Star game, he was the last dude picked. <laughs> and they learned their lesson. Oh, that boy be coming from back here with it, like he'd be a car. You know right. what drives me crazy though? That's how I used to shoot, and I can never make shots. <laughs> so, you know how hard it is to do that. You know I mean, who drives me crazy is the friggin' Jokic brothers and Patrick Mahomes brothers. Oh, it's like, I know. sit down and Stop showing them, nothing. number one. Yeah. Stop showing Y'all ain't them. done nothing. I know. Shut up and sit down. I can't stand You have it. nothing to do you know with what, what I, they're doing. I blame doing. the networks. For giving, them, for giving them oxygen. You, I don't know if you guys probably don't remember this. Bubby Brister was a quarterback. Oh, the for Steelers the, for the Steelers. And his mom and dad. They showed his parents. Like, every quarterback <laughs> has parents in the stands. Yeah. But for some reason, NBC... Fell in love with Bobby Brister's it was parents. The Broncos playoff game, wild card game. I think like I know exactly what you're Brister talking about. Brister parent cam. Yeah. After and mom, was, mom was like this after I every hit. Just and... Don't stop it. Yeah. Uh, first of all, it's got to be uncomfortable for them. Um, they don't want to, you know. Well, they, the parents probably didn't want to be. The brothers love it. 
Yeah, they the do love it. They love, love it, it way too much, which yeah. is why I think the network should just stop. Put totally a ban on it. Nobody wants to see them. No, like, they're not. You're cares. right. They haven't done anything. They're not the story. They'll, all these guys have brothers that are at the games. All of them have friends, parents that are at the games. Why they decide to get their teeth into certain players' yeah, parents or know. friends or brothers, it's, it's really it's is a little annoying. wild. It's While we're speaking style. of Jokic real quick, this tweet is the most accurate tweet of Nikola Jokic there ever is in the history of the world. This is from uh, Worldwide Wob, if you guys don't follow. He just tweets about NBA stuff. Panic He's got a Wars. massive following. But this is so spot on. It is incredible. <laughs> and this reminded me of that shot in game, game four, game three, whatever it was, that step back. But if you can't. Jokic will dribble around looking like a panicked walrus on sand before tomahawking some shit over his head, which ends up being wetter than water. It's truly majestic. And I don't know if there's a better way to explain his play style or what he does on a nightly basis that is perfect. than that exact tweet. That is that is absolutely perfect. Because he, he does, you, you think he has you right where he wants you when there's one second left on the play clock and he's two feet behind the three-point line. <laughs> like, oh, here comes the dagger. <laughs> it's like Steph Curry-like. I, I remember I've been to multiple Cavs Nuggets games where you look at the end of the game and you look at his line and it's like 38, 16, and 12. And you're like, where the hell did that come from? Like, I thought even... I did. I made this is the mistake I made. I said, he's Kevin Love 20 years later when Kevin was in Minnesota or 15 years later. His love would gather these numbers because nobody else was doing it. He, so he was, you know, putting huge numbers up every yeah. single night points, rebounds, and. I thought that that's what we had going on here, but he's doing no. it against the best talent in he's the world so much in, on the biggest stage. And yeah. Kevin never did that. No. The Timberwolves sucked. No. And, you know, he was never in that moment. But what he's doing is otherworldly. And I think they got the MVP wrong this year. I do. I oh, think they, they definitely got the got MVP it wrong. wrong. Yeah. They definitely got it he wrong. He should have been a three-in-a-row time, a three in a row MVP uh, winner. Go back to game one. Anthony Davis played lights out, I thought, right? Mm-hmm. And so they come, they're going into the half, and, and Joker hits this crazy oh, yeah. three. Yep. And Anthony Davis just turns around and looks at him like, he literally <laughs> did. He looked at him and was like, did you just make that? So, you know, it's just one of those situations, man. Like, that very great player. I've enjoyed watching him throughout the playoffs. We don't get to see Denver play much. And I totally underestimated how good this team was, mm-hmm. the chemistry with this team. They've been together for a while, and so they've really earned everything along the way. And I'm happy to see them get to the finals. Yeah, I am too. First time in what 47 year team history that they've made it to a to the finals. I saw an interesting thing the other day about which 15 do the Nuggets retire because Carmelo wore 15. Yeah, I know. It's not even close. Yeah, it's got to be Jokic. Yeah, yes. I mean Jokic yeah. is better. I, 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 but it's interesting. I want to see him do it for longer. But I think at his peak, particularly when you looked at how Mello's playoff success was non-existent. Yeah. He's been in Denver longer than Mello. Yeah, no, I'm talking about for the career, though. I still look at Mello's career right now if I'm judging the two players' careers. It's not even close. Jokic no, is I'm, better right now. He's a better player. But his career is better right now. His total career. You're saying right his now. total yes. career right now is better. Close. I would agree with Mike. Yeah, see, not even I don't, close. I don't I think so. Mike. I just need a player to do it for a long time. I don't want a, a four-year burn-hot stretch. I want more than that. No, I'm I just Mike. need a little more. Now, I, what I, my point was, he is better right now, right now, than Melo was for any point in his career. And particularly when you look at the lack of playoffs, playoff success for Melo, like, you, you can't even begin to put him into the discussion. But, God, you got to do it for 10, 12 years, don't you? 
Uh, I, I think Jokic is better. I'd take Jokic right if now. He, if he ended his career right now. Better career than Carmelo. Yep. Are we talking NBA or overall basketball career? NBA. Okay, NBA, cool. I'll give you that. Overall basketball career. I mean, Carmelo had the title in Syracuse. Yeah, but he had, what, he got three or four Olympic medals as well. Uh, I mean, yeah, but I look at that like, if, if, you know, you could have got, you could have won an Olympic medal if you'd have taken his spot on those teams. Fair enough. So, well, that's I mean, a great fair. point. That's a great point. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I'm not really giving him a lot of credence for those. Is that, that like he carried any team? They, they look good on his medal. resume. They look good on his resume. <laughs> no, they look great. They didn't get him into the Hall of Fame. Oh, but I mean, anybody goes in the basketball. Basketball. I'm still looking. I'm still looking at Melo. He came in. Melo played with his LeBron. Best MVP finish ever was sixth. He never finished in the top five. At I know, MVP. but Jokic has been two-time, a two-time MVP. How many years has Jokic played in the NBA? Ten. He was drafted a decade. Oh, ago. I thought it was six. I thought it was no, six no, or no. seven. He, he's been in the league. This he's is been his tenth season. Ten years? That's yeah, crazy. Been ten years. Someone made a point to me the other day, and this is a good point. I didn't. I, Last you, point. You got to get the top five. Okay. Got to get top. Someone five. said he's a lot closer to the end than we think because European, like the body style that he has, he's not going to be a and LeBron James. Right. It's yeah. not going to be this force of nature right. at thirty-eight in the league. Right. Because that body type tends to break down quick and. Like overnight, yeah. So yeah. I was Burn also wrong. You can get it. I was wrong. This is ninth season. I apologize. Yeah, I didn't think he'd been season. in for my, my bad. My okay, bad. but still, but still. Uh, right. Mello had what? Eighteen. Uh, he didn't play this year, and he played nineteen, so eighteen. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. All right, we have a top five. We have to get to. I uh, wanted to have a little more time, but we will do what we can with this. It is Earl's rookie debut on the set, but he's been a producer here for. A long time. Now, so these are five things that you may not know about Earl that you need to know about Earl if he's going to become a more consistent contributor on the panel for the Ultimate Cleveland Sports I can't Show. Wait to, I can't wait to hear these. Uh, uh, this is new to me, too. Earl's already a veteran because I put this in the rundown last <laughs> night like an idiot, and he didn't even read it. So guess what? <laughs> I was at like work. other veterans <laughs> of the panel, <laughs> Earl is already ignoring what I say. Hey, so first and this foremost. This veteran <laughs> looks at the rundown every night when you send it out. Who does? This you veteran. Do. Yes, and yeah, you I have mean, your own notes, and I appreciate that. Uh, number five. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Earl is a massive WNBA fan. And somehow, and I don't want to butcher it, so Earl, let you explain. You have some sort of connection. I believe it's... Yeah, not a Nas Hillman. Listen, Nas Hillman is 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 the is the goat. You've you've done a story on her. I have. Uh, one of the things I did when I first got a chance to be on 92.3 The Fan is I hyped her up. She went to Gilmore Academy. Right. She uh, a great player, and I felt like she never got her due. I used to think that she was going to be. I, I boldly said she would be the number one overall pick of the draft. Right. That didn't happen. She went second round. I remember being at an airport. And just tweeting about it the entire time. <laughs> uh, great player. She's having a pretty good season so good. far, coming off the bench for the Atlanta Dream. Uh, she had 13 and four the last what game. What has spurred your interest in in the WNBA? Uh, she did. I've been watching her since she was in high school, and I noticed that the more that I watched her, 
the more I fell in love with a woman's game. Right. Because they don't have these same resources as the men. I think that you get a more competitive game. Yeah. I think that you get uh, raw play. If there's right. nothing that's no laziness to it, no anything like right. that. Then you start watching the college ball game. And oh, the college game is addictive. Yeah, like like Anthony, no, me and McNuggets will sit upstairs and talk WNBA. All right. So All he loves the WNBA, number four. He alluded to this earlier. Earl can't play basketball. But baseball terrible. was his first love. And I believe, Earl, if I, my memory is correct, that Ken Griffey Jr. was your favorite player. Ken Griffey Jr. was my favorite wow. player. So the, I can say this, right, because I, I, it's me. And I know Bull was hesitant, right? I'm the only black man that can't dribble between his legs. <laughs> so, so once I felt like, once I knew I couldn't get the dribble on between my legs and I couldn't shoot, they, the Cartwright thing, that's how I used to shoot when yeah. I was in school. And so everybody said, you better pick up on so, so, so you can't play basketball and you like NASCAR. Yeah. You, 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 you got some white. <laughs> the black card is in danger. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Shirley you're, Temple. You're more white like, than you think. Shirley Temple <laughs> is my grandmother's first cousin. <laughs> Fun fact. Look at that. There you go. That is awesome. It is not on the list, but I will add it. I knew that was in there somewhere. (laughs) All right, number three. All right, number three. This one you guys don't even know. Uh, So we're right next to the parking garage, as you guys know. As an employee of Channel 3 here, we get to park in the parking garage. And Earl, I hear him laughing already. For the first, like, eight months he worked here, Earl refused to park in the covered garage and would park out front, which is a further walk to our office and our studio than parking right next door. Why would you refuse to park underneath? I just... Just fell in love with parking outside, like being outside. I just, yeah, just I didn't. did too. I, it's it's dank when you when you have to pull into the garage. Yeah. It's like okay, your your experience with sunlight for the day is over. Yeah, and so that sucks. It was just one of those days to where if we got finished early. I like to go sit in my car for a minute. I don't want to sit in my car down downstairs in the garage. Yeah, so. I agree with that. Okay, that's funny. Yeah. but uh, just a little FYI. I'll, I park there every day now. I know what's been going on. Yeah, because <laughs> Channel 3 Studios isn't exactly the greatest neighborhood yeah, in downtown Cleveland. So. And we had, I won't say any names, but an executive here had their car stolen yeah. from, from the front parking lot. I heard. And Next we've day? got cameras, and we're a TV station. I heard. We've got cameras everywhere. We've got a full-time security staff on duty, and we've had a couple cars stolen. Look where our neighbors are. I know, the FBI. <laughs> and so we're still getting cars stolen. Number we got two. two more. Uh, one. Or number two, excuse me. And there should be one, but I have a special one for number one. Uh, Earl's eldest daughter is unbelievable. She's a superstar. Yeah, I Absolute know. Yeah, superstar. I know. Yeah. yeah. He's been bragging on her to us. Yeah, Yana's a two-sport athlete, track wow. and basketball. Uh, even better academically. She, I, I sent it in a group chat. Mm-hmm. She got uh, selected to go to Yale for a national wow. form leadership uh, committee. Uh, she's been to start Tri-C Tuesday to earn her associate's degree that she'll have before she graduate. And so, uh, you should I t- be proud. I am. I tell her two things, you know, every day, be great and be a leader. You know, that's, that's awesome. That's, that's something that I try to preach to, to, to everybody else. You've done a great me. job. So. Congratulations. Thank you. Cause she's a product of you and your parenting and, yeah. and uh, that's well done. Okay, Mikey, number one, the number one thing we need to know about the Earl. The number one thing that you need to know about Earl is he is the king of snacks. So much so he literally <laughs> bought all the Chex Mix out of the kitchen upstairs so no one else can get it. He has a bag of <laughs> chips and candy every day sitting next to me. This man is always snacking on something literally 24 hours How do you keep your figure, bro? Hey, man, listen, man. Genetics? Hey, we be in there working out now, man. I got to oh, learn good. how to do the whole full body. Like, I do a lot of the arms and all 
all that other stuff. So this is all just genetic. They got, like a, they got like a pregame pump going on when I walk back there. <laughs> Five minutes before the show, they're lifting weights. Yeah. Well, when he's got a camera, he's got to get swole. Pump up. Earl, great job. Thanks, on your man. debut. Appreciate you absolutely that. Appreciate nailed it. That. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.